thankful for the beautiful singing tonight. Um, everybody done a tremendous job. Thank you very much. <clears throat> it's good to be in the Lord's house and uh, to feel his presence. If you have your Bibles with you uh, tonight, if you would, turn to two places. St. <clears throat> John chapter number 10 and Isaiah chapter number 40. As you pray for us tonight here for just a few minutes, we, uh, I'm going to read a couple passages of, of Scripture, and I, I want you to pay attention to <coughs> not only what it's uh, referring to and, and the verbiage that surrounds it, and, uh, but uh, more or less I want you to understand uh, in theory that we're talking about God and how big and how vast He is. And uh, how wonderful his majesty is. Uh, and a lot of times it's more than our minds can comprehend. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I may do more reading than preaching tonight. Not necessarily sure. Uh, but we have uh, several thoughts on our mind. And we, uh, uh, we need the Lord to bring all those thoughts together in our head and in our heart that we'd say only that which is needful and necessary that would bring edification to the church tonight. But in verse 25 of chapter 10, uh, St. John, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture, and then we'll flip back over to Isaiah chapter 40. Um, These few verses that we're going to read right here uh, is following when uh, Jesus gave the discourse of the Good Shepherd. And <clears throat> he, he speaks some, uh, uh, some big words and, um, that have a lot of meaning uh, to myself and you that are saved. And if you don't know Jesus tonight, I hope that you'll know him before we uh, close this hour of service. But in verse 25, the Scripture reads, <clears throat> Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand I and my father are one in Isaiah chapter number 40 verse 10 11 and 12 the scripture reads behold the Lord God will come with uh, strong hand and his arm shall rule for him behold his reward is with him and his work before him He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are uh, with young. Listen to verse 12. Who who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. 
And we believe that be all that God have us to read in you here tonight. We pray that God richly add his blessing to the reading of his word. <clears throat> but like we said, if we had a thought uh, or maybe uh, a text that we want to preach on tonight, we want to preach on the hand of God uh, and how big it is and what it means to us. And we understand uh, and we've made reference and mention of this many times here before. Uh, but when Jesus, uh, when the Lord uh, was conversing with David in David's heart, and his desire was to build God a kingdom. We understand that. And uh, that's what he wanted to do, to leave uh, as a lineage and a memorial of his service and the heart that he had for the love of his heavenly Father. He wanted to build God a kingdom. And uh, to which the Lord replied, he said, what, what would you build me? For heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. And so we understand this, and we've preached on this a number of times, but I, I feel like we need to, uh, a lot of times in modern society, I believe that, uh, listen, through um, the caressing and the, the, the careful political correctness that has interjected into our society, I, I believe that we have also, uh, in, some, in some form or fashion, we have limited uh, the majesty and the greatness of, of God. Because a lot of times we think, and uh, we talked about this a couple Sundays ago about uh, when people tell us that we shouldn't judge and uh, what we shouldn't do and how we should act and what we, uh, listen, we, we're often targeted and uh, we often uh, claim that we are bigots because of, uh, because of our adherence to the Word of God. But we as Christians today, this is the only thing, this is our roadmap to heaven. Uh, listen, this is the only thing that we have. This is our logistics as it carries us through our lives, uh, and it is the only thing, listen, if we desire to have a closer relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the best way possible that we can do that is to study the Word of God. Through the study of the Word of God, we can figure out, we can find out, and we can understand the greatness and the enormity of God and how precious He is to our society. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts that in Him we live and move and have our being. Without him, he is the very fiber of our existence. Science has told us today uh, that, listen, there's two sustaining factors to life, bread and water. And St. John clarifies, Jesus said, I am the bread of life and I am the water of life. Listen, if we choose to live, we must live through him. He is the only way. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, and Shannon quoted that this morning. He said, listen, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come unto the Father lest he come by me. That is the only acceptable means to gain eternal life is through Jesus Christ. A lot of people have erected a lot of different monuments. They have established a lot of different doctrines and religions, and they have tried to format uh, many different ways. But uh, listen, we understand through the clarity of the Word of God. Listen, the Bible said in little John that the worlds were framed in his hands. Shannon, the hand of God. Listen to this. In verse 10, Isaiah chapter 40, he said, Behold, the Lord, listen, I want you to understand, and this may not necessarily be a message to the lost, but it is a message to the world. I want you to hear this. 
Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand. Let's stop and identify one thing right here. The Lord is not a fairy tale. This is not a myth. This is an absolute. Amen. The Bible tells us in John chapter 1, verse number 1, he said, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things, all things were made by him. Without him, there is nothing made that is made. Do you understand that? He, his handiwork is in everything that we see, taste, touch, feel, or hear. Everything breathes and emulates God. He is all things. And the Bible tells us that the Lord God will come with a strong hand. And see, this is where I, I believe that society, uh, listen, uh, and, and I'll take it, uh, this, I'll take it even further than society because it's crept its way into the church. Amen. Let me, uh, listen, we don't want a pastor that will stand and preach that, that, listen, that the Lord Jesus Christ is not only a lamb, but he is also, in turn, Gary, he is the lion. Amen. I want us to understand today. Listen, a lot of society tells us that we can't do this, but the Word of God gives us the authority to stand and proclaim, listen, that sin is still sin, and the line will judge that sin. Now listen to this. Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and in His arm... And his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is him uh, with him and his work before him. Listen to this. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Now listen, as we translate that over to John chapter 10, we understand that Jesus was talking to him about the sheepfold. Hey man, listen. Listen, he said, I am the good shepherd of the sheep. If any man would enter into the sheepfold, he must come by me. That is the truth, friends. Listen, we cannot get in absolutely impossible to get in any other way. But the Bible defines it as this, that if we are sheep, if we are saved, if we are in the sheepfold, then the Bible tells us that he will hold us in his arms and draw us close to his bosom. Now, listen to this. And who's doing this? And this is what I want to define. Listen, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Barry, do you have any idea how many gallons of water are just on the planet Earth? 326 quintillion gallons. That's six decimal places past the trillion mark. Listen, but the Bible said that he has measured those waters. This is the mightiness and the greatness and the vastness of my God. He has measured all those waters in the hollow of his hand. 
the earth in circumferences 24,901 miles around the equator. The Milky Way galaxy is approximately 100,000 light years wide. Light travels at approximately 186,000 feet per second, 687 million miles an hour. Amen. Let me tell you something. Listen, a light year, listen, one second you could circumvent the earth seven and a half times at the speed of light. And you know what? My father is less than a breath away. And... He holds it all in the hollow of his hand. The vastness. Years and years and years, listen, far exceeding our lifetime. If we left the planet Earth and launched into outer space and tried our very best to encompass the Milky Way galaxy, but the Bible tells us in the moment, in the twink, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be raised and we shall be changed he said for when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption this mortal shall have put on immortality so then shall be brought to pass the saying which is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is thy sting O grave where is thy victory for the sting of death is sin but the strength of sin is the law but thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ in a place that seems like it is far beyond our realm of comprehension, the one who spoke it and created it all is less than the twinkle of an eye away. By the way, you know how fast a twinkle is? It's the refraction of light off the iris of your eye, which occurs at one ten thousandth of a second. Mind you, that's one ten thousandth of 386 million miles an hour is my father. The one who measured... The seas in the hollow of his hand. Let's see what else he did right here. What did he say he did? He meted out heaven with a span. You know what Abraham said? He said, I'm looking for a city which have foundations, whose builder and maker is God.
and listen to this, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure That just don't do for you what it does for me, I don't guess. But when I sat down, listen, I put a new sand filter on the pool today. had to put 80 pounds of sand in there. I cannot imagine counting the granules of 80 pounds of sand. But he, my heavenly father, Gary, he named the stars one by one. He has a place, Shannon, for every granule of sand. He knows the very hairs of my head. He knows my existence, my fiber, my life, and my being. The things that you think are useless, he holds as prized possessions. The dust of the earth. Do you understand that? He knows how many particles of dust there are on the earth. And let me speak to that a little bit more in depth. Do you know what you are? Dust. Aren't you glad he knows them? Because he took the very meaningless dust and the Bible says he breathed into the dust the breath of life and it became a living soul. That's good, amen. Now ain't you glad he knows and measures the dust? He's not, listen, we, 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 our minds immediately fly to a whirlwind and we just see the sands of the sea. But listen, the greatest emphasis on this scripture is that he is talking about you, Jeremy. And you and me, he knows us. And weighed the mountains in scales. <laughs> And the heels in a balance. (laughs) Anybody? He juggles the hills and the mountains. He spoke into the abyss and it was amen he spoke to nothing because he is God The created is not greater than the creator. So the Bible says he has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. He's meted out heaven with a span. He's comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure. He's weighted the mountains in scales uh, and the hills in a balance. 
All this has been done. It is accomplished. He knows all things. By the way, aren't you glad that we serve an omnipotent, omnipresent, an omniscient God? He knows all things. He's always present. And listen, my friends, listen, he will always be. Amen. Let me tell you something. We do not exist without the greatness and the enormity of the God that we serve. Now, let's, let's trickle all that we've learned, all that we know, the vastness and how big God is and how big the earth is, how much the water weighs. Listen, now we apply it to this. Now the Bible said that Jesus gave the discourse of the good shepherd. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. They follow me. I will give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Amen. Remember, the earth's 24,901 miles around the circumference, roughly 7,500 across the width. And that's only a minor spectacle within the Milky Way galaxy, which is 100,000 light years wide. And the Bible says that he holds us all in the hollow of his hand where he also measured the waters of the sea. Amen. Listen, but in the midst of all that, he knows where you are. And he said, nobody can pluck you out of my hand. Now this is in reference to Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. We take it further in 29. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Amen. So Christ holds us in his hand. Not only are we held in his hand, we are then first, before we enter into his hand, we are sealed by the third person of the Godhead, which is the indwelling, spirit, fire-breathing breath of God, which seals us, the Bible said, until the day of redemption, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the purchase of the prized possession. After we're sealed, we're then locked in the hand of Christ. Amen. I listen to which he Listen, the Bible said he has given everyone. Now the Bible says that in the hand of Christ, therein is laid the hand of God. Now tell me, how do you get lost after you've been saved? Further than that, why would you not want to be saved? That's the question of the hour. God is awesome. The Bible said that his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. From a carnal perspective, he is incomprehensive. We just cannot grasp how awesome his power is. 
But he said, by faith through grace, if you believe upon my only begotten Son, which I have given you. If you just believe upon him, you don't have to buy it. You don't have to trade anything in. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There is no amount of money purchases. Listen, there is nothing that we, any kind of attribute that we have to offer would be satisfactory to God. In Isaiah 53, the only specific satisfaction is spoken about by God. It is when they bruised the only begotten Son of God and the Bible said He was pleased. But I'm going to a place where the Bible said that there is no more death. There is no more sorrow. There is no more crying. There is no more pain. The Bible said, for the former things have passed away. And he said, behold, I have made all things new. The only thing that will be in heaven is the nail prints that we put in his hands. And listen, by his nail prints, we are set free. So my question is, why would you not be saved? Why would you wait a little longer? Wait till tomorrow. Wait till Sunday. What if your weight is extinguished in the next breath? Well, well, preacher, I hear this all the time. No, I'm, I'm preaching to you a reality. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 9, 27, for it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. So now we've looked and we've examined it What? We've examined how awesome and how great and how magnificent the power and the wonders and the majesty of God is. Now let's examine God when we stand outside of his hand. And we say, God, I'm bigger than you are. I don't need you. I don't want your son. I'll try to pawn him and I beat him and I whip him and I engage in this rejection because I don't need you. The one who weighed the seas, measured the heavens, counted the dust of the earth weighed the mountains and hills and balances. You said, I don't need him. I'll be fine in eternity without him. What would you do? Where would you go? The Bible speaks to us briefly. We understand in Revelation chapter 6, the Bible says, and when the sixth seal were, was opened, that the stars of heaven fell as a fig tree casteth forth her untimely figs when she's shaken of a mighty wind. The Bible said that the, that the moon and the sun turned to blood. 
and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. Let me tell you something. If you stand outside of the hand of God, Gary, if you, if you so choose to think in all of your audacity that I'm big enough and I'm strong enough and I'm mighty enough and I reject the Son of God, I'll stand against him. This is what you'll stand against. Just as we have defined his majesty as a child where he carries us and holds us in his hand close to his bosom, what will it be like on the other side? And the Bible said that the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the mighty men and the chief captains and the slaves and the peasants. Listen to this. The Bible says they all hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountain. You know what they said? Hide us from the face of him that sits upon the throne. For the great day of his wrath is come. And they asked this question. Who shall be able to stand? The rich man tonight, the the fire is not any cooler. Now, I'm going to talk to you about something. I'm going to lift some eyebrows in here tonight. But listen, I want to clarify something. Hell is a place of eternal torment. Do you understand that? By defining the word eternal, that means it has no beginning and it has no end. Eternal torment. The Bible says it's a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is never quenched. We understand those, right? And a lot of times we key in and we focus on those things and those are terrible. Those are awful. And a lot of times that is the definition of hell. But you know what the worst part about hell is? God is not there. Do you understand that? The one who measured the dust of the earth, the one who measured who you are, the one who knows the hair of your head, the one who gave you a soul and breathed life into you, he is not there. And I'm going to tell you something, he is not coming either. And it took one conversation with Father Father Abraham for the rich man to figure out his eternal state. You you see how fast that transpired and how listen, a lot of times we preach that message and and we and we miss this part. He begged one time. He said, Send Lazarus down here that he may cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Abraham spoke to him one time. He said, in thy life thou hadst the good things. And Lazarus suffered. 
But he said, now Lazarus is comforted and thou art tormented. He said, for there is a great gulf fixed and he cannot go to where you are. Neither can you come here. One conversation. He didn't barter. He didn't beg. He had already, listen, this is what is so, so terribly sad about today's society. We have made hell into a show. Amen. Pornography has flooded our living rooms, flooded our phones, it's flooded our internets. Listen, we have sensationalized alcoholism. We have sensationalized pornography. We have sensationalized every facet of sin. And we say that hell is going to be a glorious place where we can indulge in our sin. And hell sounds sensational. I work with a man, 76 years old, in joking conversation the other day. He made the comment to me, he said, I'm going to hell anyway, and turned around laughing and walked off. Hell is a reality. I want you to understand this. It is not a place of fun and fantasy where we can escape the greatness of God. It is a place where we are eternally tormented because of our constant rejection of Christ, constantly seeking to die, says the Word of God, and cannot. And I want to say this, and this upsets a lot of people. But I don't care what you say you have. I want you to know what you have. I've said this before, and I, I, I certainly don't mean to intend to infuse any kind of confusion. But sometimes we worship a place and a spot. But let me tell you something. If nothing happened at that place, and if nothing happened at that spot, nothing happened. It don't matter who come up shouting from the altar first. It, listen, I'm going to tell you something, and, and I mean this with all the courtesy and goodness in my heart, because, listen, I'm going to tell you, I've seen people say, uh, son or daughter, do you feel better after they come? Of course they feel better. I don't really, I'm not concerned if you feel better. I want to know, are you born again? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that heaven is your home and that the heavenly Father holds you in the hollow of his hand? Baptism, communion, church membership, pastor in a church, preacher, deacon, Sunday school teacher makes no account 
when you stand before him. For the great day of his wrath has come. And who shall be able to stand? Who's going to stand? Who is going to stand? The redeemed, because they'll be in the hollow of his hand. When judgment comes... Judgment is a twofold meaning. Stand to your feet and y'all come with a song. Judgment is twofold. A lot of times we only look at the negative aspect of judgment. We think that judgment is awful. We think that it is terrible. And we think, let me tell you something. Do you know that there was a judgment came down? Judgment was pronounced the day you were saved, Gary. You know what it was, Jeremy? You're innocent through the blood of Jesus. Your judgment was carried out, but your pardon has been given and fulfilled through Jesus Christ. So what I'm telling you this is when this thing comes crashing to an end, amen, and the seas divide, and, the, and his great foot comes down, and one foot lands on sea, and one foot lands on the earth, and he declares that time should be no more. Amen. I'm glad I will stand on his side. So as we sing this verse, and I said this last night after Shannon got through preaching, I'm going to say it to you again tonight. I want you to know I cannot say this enough. And I say this from as deep down as I can possibly muster humility. It does, numbers absolutely does not concern me. I would absolutely love to see this church full tonight. It, it tears my heart into shreds that people do not want to hear the gospel. But God sent a message And it's not for somebody outside. It's for somebody here. So don't just take it and hand it to somebody else and say that's not for me. No, I want you to examine every single person. I want you to examine your life, your heart, your testimony, and know that he is yours.